You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I'd invite you to open your Bibles this morning to our reading from Matthew chapter 5, the verses 21 through 26. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then, come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And we turn to our text for this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll read the verses 14 through 17. This passage is cited in our form for the celebration of Lord's Supper in the section in which it speaks about the fellowship that we have at the table of our Lord. 1 Corinthians 10, the verses 14 through 17. Therefore, my dear brothers, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'm sure that the concept of membership in the church and of membership in the body of Christ is familiar to you. But the problem is that we tend to think of of membership in the church, in the body of Christ, as something like membership in a club. You pay your dues... And then you receive certain privileges from the club that you belong to. If you're a member at Costco, you pay your yearly fee, you pay your membership fee, and then you become a member, you're allowed to go there and buy lots of cheap food. So you're a member, you get privileges from your membership, and any time that you want to forget about your membership, stop going to Costco, or withdraw your membership, you're free to do that, and no one's really going to care. The Bible certainly speaks about the body of Christ and its members, says that we are members of the body of Christ. However, when the Bible speaks about that, it's not speaking about us being members of the body of Christ in the same way that we might be members of Costco, but rather it's speaking about an entirely different concept. It's a lot less like Costco, and it's a lot more like being a member of a music band, 
or being a member of a hockey team, or as the Apostle Paul says, like being an organ in a body. If you're a member in a music band, you have to be there. You have to play along with everyone else. If you don't play along with everyone else, you're not going to make good music with them. You're not going to accomplish altogether the purposes of your band. And of course, in the world of rock and roll, we all know of, of situations where exactly that kind of thing happens. There's a rift. There's a fight between two members of the band. Maybe you know of the band Oasis. If you've heard of them. The two brothers, Noel and Liam Gallagher, were famous for their, their fights. Fights even on stage that they would have. They would ruin whole concerts by their fights. And sometimes the band would even split up as a result of the disunity that these brothers had within the band. The band needs unity between its members in order to produce good music. A hockey team needs unity between its players in order to accomplish good hockey, in order to accomplish the results of wins. Organs in a body need to get along in order to accomplish the function of a body. Can you imagine the stomach saying to the esophagus, I'm not going to accept anything from you? Or, or to the mouth? The organs in a body must get along. The Apostle Paul, in fact, in this letter to the Corinthians, speaks about the members of the body getting along and compares them to parts of the body. He says, we must work, get along and work in harmony or else we're not going to be a functioning body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The eye needs the hand. And they're both parts of the body. They've been given a task by God. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. If the head didn't have the feet, it wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Members of the body must work together because God has appointed them for that purpose. Nowhere is that more clear than in our bodies. Designed by God to accomplish a purpose. God has given us head and feet because the head can't do it on its own and neither can the feet. If you are united with Christ by faith, you are a member of His body. You are a vital organ in the body of Jesus Christ. You share in His death and resurrection You share in His life. And we share in this all together. Today, we share in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We partake as a congregation, uniting together with our Lord Jesus Christ. As we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are participating in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We are expressing and even experiencing our union with Jesus Christ. And therefore, that means that we must be all together. As Paul says, is not the cup of thanksgiving a participation in the blood of Christ? Are we not united with Jesus Christ as we take the wine? Is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? When we eat that bread, are we not participating in the death of our Lord Jesus Christ? And then he says, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. Because we participate in Jesus Christ, we are united together. 
We are united together as a body just as bread is united as a whole. We're united together through the finished work of Jesus Christ. As John says later in the New Testament, since God loved us, since we share fellowship in God's love, we also ought to love one another. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. This church in Corinth was a church that was being fractured. It was experiencing disunity in groups. It broke into conflicting groups. And so in the strongest and most powerful language, the Apostle Paul, in reminding them of, of the highest things, their salvation in Jesus Christ and their union with Him, called them to return to unity with each other. He said, it cannot be that you are not united together. He called them to do so through the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ himself taught about this radical pursuit of unity in Matthew 5, where he put it in the parameters of worship and time and also judgment. He said, if you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar and go and be reconciled. The point is clear. How can you assume, presume, bringing your gift to the altar to have fellowship with God when you don't have fellowship with your neighbor? And so the Lord Jesus says, settle matters quickly. And in fact, he speaks to us about the judgment that will happen if we fail to do that. And so, brothers and sisters, as we partake of the body of the Lord, And as we confess that we are members of one body in Jesus Christ, we're called also by this to maturely examine ourselves and consider whether we are in fact dividing the body of Jesus Christ by our hearts and by our minds and by our words and by our actions, even as we confess its unity with our hands and with our mouths this morning at the table of the Lord. As I go to the table of the Lord, am I claiming the love of God for myself even while I withhold my love from my neighbor? These things cannot fit together. The Bible is very clear. Can you bask in the forgiveness of your sins through the body and blood of Jesus Christ while you withhold forgiveness? from another member of the body. Brothers and sisters, if we cannot love one another, can we claim that we have the love of God among us? We need to take this warning to heart. We need to hear this warning from the Word of God. And we need to consider our hearts this morning as we gather together. We need to consider this warning for the sake of the unity of the body of Jesus Christ. Because when we are united, it is the most beautiful thing. When we can gather together in love, we bring praise to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. Then we we defy all the odds in this world. 
then we set ourselves against this world which is prone to envy and hatred and discord and jealousy. And we confess, no, we are going to do it in a different way because we have seen a different way in our Lord Jesus Christ. He has shown us a new and a living and a vibrant way and He showed it to us with His own body. As He gave Himself on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and for the union of His people. We are members of the body of Jesus Christ, all of us together. And so we're all important. And we must live together. The arm, the hand, the head, the foot, the shoulder. All of us given a beautiful and a unique purpose by our God. And all of us called to love one another. All of us called to live in peace and harmony with one another. Joining all together in love and praise and glory and honor to our great King and Master. The one who himself first loved us. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.